Welcome to the front porch. I'm Michael, and I'm here with my superhero Dennis. How you doing today, Dennis? Superhero, your your praise gets more effusive every episode. And I was like a high commander last time. Is that right? Or yeah, you've been demoted. Well, Superheroes are Lord, not... Lord General or something like that. Yeah. Well, next week it'll be. Here's my dingbat friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had to clean that one up for go, go the up radio. <laughs> right. Hey, right. so we're live. We're in the same room today. Yeah, it's exciting. It's weird. Special. Special uh, Halloween episode 10. Right, like The Simpsons. We got to do that every year. Yeah, yeah. So, and we play them all back at the same time. I actually watched The Simpsons just recently, like one of their Halloween specials. They have like 700 of them now, so yeah. it's like an all-day marathon of just Halloween specials. It's been a long time since I saw The Simpsons. I know. I know. It's sad. They're, they're just as good. They're like exactly the same. They haven't lost their touch. But yeah, so it's weird. We, what we've got is we're here. Last week, we had our special guest on, which was Mike Trotsky, and... He has a Halloween party every year. It's a gaming party. Everybody comes over and has a good time. And you made the trip down. Pretty cool. Yep, yep. Had nothing else particularly going on. I did get some painting done on the house Saturday before making the drive, and then I'll head back tomorrow most likely. Nice, yeah. So we got what we get tonight is, for everybody listening, a little bit of a special episode where we're, not only are we in the room talking, uh, it's going to be kind of a different format. We've got some people coming in. We've got a lot of good friends here. The topics are going to flow um, from however they go, and we're just going to record them as they go. So what you might see or hear, I guess, as we go through here is the segments will be broken up pretty overtly, we hope, and you'll start hearing some different voices. Is that what we say? Voices in the room as we switch to sure. different recording type of uh, environment. And we'll do our best to make sure that we know who's speaking and as we go, but we'd like to keep the conversation moving and talking and let, let you listen into how real front porch kind of conversations happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. We'll just, we'll be inside instead of not because it's cold out there. I don't know. We should, we should like, we should have said, no, that would be stupid. That'd been a horrible There'd idea. There'd be so much background noise. Right. And I, you know, we're going to get a couple of times tonight. People are like, you should just do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they get to go inside. Set up all our gear and stuff out on the porch, and then it rains or something. <laughs> right, right. That would happen, just so you know. Uh, so yeah, Indiana, it's it's uh, like 30-some degrees tonight yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Horrible. It's not very warm. Yeah. Hey, so I've been playing a game here at on my game nights for Tuesdays, and it's the – I think – I can't remember if we mentioned it or not. It's the uh, – uh, Game of Thrones game, The Iron Throne. Game of Thrones, The Iron Throne. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I had mentioned it before. I really like it. It's amazing. It's, man, top hitting the top of my list for game of the year that I've played, at least. Wow. I'm not sure when it launches, uh, when it launched. But I really, really like it, and it kind of came out of the blue. Um, it's got a lot of a big diplomacy mechanic to it where, you know, you've got to talk, and it, it, it encourages that kind of a thing. I know you guys have compared it to Cosmic Encounters. Yes. Fairly heavily. Which I've only played once, and I hated. Yes, I'm kind of in the same boat. It was um, Gen Con, actually, same Gen Con I mentioned last week, where we were in the big mm-hmm. loft with no mm-hmm. air conditioning. Right. And it was late in the night when I was a little bit buzzed, and I was already grouchy because of the did game. you play that you played that game yeah okay we, we had played dead of winter before that oh yeah which um has a traitor mechanic mm-hmm. which i'm not really a fan of especially if you don't know at the outset if you're playing battlestar galactica or something like you know some people are silence from the beginning right this is a game where it seemed cooperative at the beginning except one of us our friend trotsky was actually a traitor. He was working against us the whole time. So you without... didn't know that. You don't know that other. I no. It's like you get um, you get roles dealt to you. Okay. Right. So it's secret. Uh, 
it's secret information and then you're like is there always a traitor pooling i don't i don't think so that's the only reason i can think for it not being for that fact not being public from the outset Mm -hmm. but anyway then we played cosmic encounter after that and i was like uh this is 100 percent playing people not playing the game which i'm not in at the time was not in a frame of mind oh yeah to do at all yeah yeah is that a thing for you do you normally go for those kind of like bluffing manipulation no no you know i didn't think so i'd I'd like to think that i would i'd like to think that i'm so good at reading people (laughs) and i think before uh i met pete i thought i was right right. (laughs) And and then i met pete and 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 i don't want to use the word shifty with pete because pete is just really good at reading people and reading situations and and multiple people at once and i sometimes can't get a read on that and so playing maybe it's just playing against him but um actually then i start realizing that i wasn't as good at anyone else either reading what they were doing yeah yeah and so that that makes that that makes me not want to like that kind of a game especially if i don't feel like an excel uh, another problem with those kind of games, oh, you know what? I like them when I don't know anybody. Like nobody right. knows anybody because yeah. I don't have feel like I have a disadvantage or disadvantage. But if I'm playing in a group of people that maybe I didn't play with a lot or I don't know them as well, they feels like they have a decided advantage over me. And mm. ugh, I don't know. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I recently, um, while I was out in Idaho, um, played some games with some of my brother's friends and acquaintances and played played almost all bluffing games as it turned out one of the <laughs> one of the guys there had developed his own game which is a sort of inspired by quote unquote uh version of the game coup c o u p okay um and then we also played secret hitler and i've not played that one does that have I'm, a big thing in it it's it's closer to like a werewolf okay thing right. where you've got secret roles and that kind of thing that I'm normally not great at. The problem is, um, I'm not I'm not great at deception to begin with, mm-hmm. and I am pretty bad at like keeping a poker face yeah. in that kind of situation. But because I was playing with a bunch of people I didn't know, it made it a little bit easier to kind of do the like just lie all the time and kind of mess with people. Right. Not, not really play to win, but play to enjoy myself which often in that kind of situation involves just confusing people and frustrating them which it's right not what i like to do normally but in a bluffing game of course it's It's a lot easier too because you you, because when you're playing against somebody you know you kind of i feel awkward that they may know i'm lying they know my tells or they know me that's i mean even with people you know because i played secret hitler at gen con last year not this year but the year before and um, Trot- Mike Trotsky and I were on the same team. We were both uh, liberal in that game, if you know anything, which you said you never played. No, it, so, um, and but I like Trotsky being liberal. That's right. there's my only politics. Well, in the show. it's <laughs> it's Hitler. So you're divided into liberals and fascists, and one of the fascists is Hitler. Oh, okay, All right. And uh, that's a secret. And so I just, you know, I went full deception. Like I don't want anybody to know what I am. And mm-hmm. Mike sat there for a while going, if, why would he vote no on this unless he's actually a fascist? I don't understand. So you why were trying to throw him for a loop, were you? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I don't know how this game works. So I'm just going to assume that I always want to keep things secret and deceive right. everyone. Right. Even the so guy you... who's actually on my team. Oh, okay. You're right. 
But you didn't know that, right? That he was on your team. Oh, wait. I might have actually played this game. Does it have little envelopes, little monolo- Yeah. Little? Okay. I played it at, at, again at a Gen Con. Okay. So maybe halfway through, we had too much to imbibe in, in our system to remember yeah, most of yeah. it. But No, yeah, I, I don't know. So I have I'm such an analytical mind mm-hmm. that I like to think three steps ahead or try to see, you know, uh, I, that's why I love playing with like strategy games with people who are smart and no, think that way because I think logically they should take this. This is their most adv- advantageous move. Therefore, mm-hmm. I should respond with this, and then he'll do this, should do that. It's that chess type thing, right? But those right. games throw me for a loop because it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it can be, hey, we're good friends, and we played that last game together, so I'll trade you two wood for your sheep, you know? Right. And because we just got that thing going on. It's the, it's the Vincini Princess Bride Clearly, not choose the wine in front of me. Right problem. That's. I mean, I I'm, I quote that line all the time whenever we play bluffing deception deception games because um, that's how it works. Like you sit there and you try to puzzle out just with the information that you have what decision the other person might have made or will make that you don't know. Yeah, and you you know. Using logic alone, you don't have enough information. You can right. just go back and forth. Right. Well, the the rest of rest of our group, I think, is against my opinion of it. I think they all love it, <laughs> with the exception of maybe Pat. I think Pat might be the only one that's 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 like man, you know, really like that. But everybody else loves it, and I think the reason they love it is because it's a break from that thought. We all think the same way, and this is a way to just throw that chaos into it, okay. and it's just totally different. And you got to play. You got to play the person. It's not in the rules, right? Um, hey, so the Iron Throne game, right? Has that's where we started with, right? That's how we started with this. The Iron bit. Throne game has mechanics. So I, I remember, I love it. I said I love this game. This is something that I highly recommend. Yet it's got this huge mechanic that you're supposed to have these alliances that shifting going to go other place, and the mechanics don't do that. It's just in the game. It says you can negotiate. You can talk. You can make this. You know, I don't want to make that move if you give me this. And so initially I'm like, oh, it's horrible. Yet there are hard mechanics to balance that out. And, and I won't go too into to it, but how, let's say um, I talk my buddy into going against you on attack on a board and you're defending like, hey, that's not fair. Or we're all like, we, you know, you're winning or you're, we hate you because you're a horrible player, person, whatever, and we're all going to attack you. The game literally says, okay, so the more people attack, the more advantages you have. Um, so even if your diplomacy sucks and your charisma is horrible, you can play the mechanics. You can say, okay, fine. You know, you all suck. I can win this on my own and I can screw you guys. And the game will, will do that. Um, so it's, it's good to talk to people and to have that rapport, you know, but, okay. but it's not the end of the game. There's total mechanics to help you do that. Now, but Cosmic Encounter is, no. I mean, two people could run the game and, you know, win it. But, Interesting. Is it – Could can you can you summarize the game easily? Yeah, with, sure. Um, without pictures? No, yeah, yeah, sure. So you um, – uh, let's say there's a four-player game. Um, you are a, a faction of one of the houses of Game of Thrones. And uh, at the beginning of your turn, you have to attack somebody. Um, if you win, you spread your influence to them. You only have like five influence tokens at the beginning. The goal is to get rid of your influence tokens. So basically win five times in in a combat. Okay. Or some other way to get rid of those things. 
Um, so on my turn, I flip over a card from a deck and it tells me who I have to attack, which is cool. First off, because it doesn't do that diplomacy thing again, where I'm going to, I don't like you or it's advantageous to keep hammering one guy. It's completely random who you attack with the exception that sometimes you can get, you know, you can pick. Okay. Okay. But so you attack a person and then at this point there's mechanics so to say what cards I can play out of my hand to fight you and you defend. But the big thing here is that then you go around, once we decide that we're going to fight, we can talk whether we can truce. There's cards called truce. And like say, hey, it's going to be, we're not going to fight. It'll be good. And we can negotiate. Um, or we just say, hey, we're going to attack. I got good cards in my hand. I got the upper hand. I'm going to attack you and you're going to defend. Now, at this point, everyone on the table can decide whether they want to help the defender or help the attacker. And if, and there's benefits to both. So if the attacker wins, I get to spread my influence to you, which some people may not want that to happen. They don't want me to win, right? Right. But if someone joins you on attacking, they also get to spread their influence. So the attacker wants them and the defender wants them, but sometimes they don't, sometimes they do, depending on the the way of the game. Uh, So there's a lot of that negotiating. Do you want to join me or do you want to join them? I don't want you to join me. You know, and do we gang up on one person? And here's the mechanics come in. So if I attack you and then four other guys decide that they don't like you either because you haven't convinced them and they're going to join me, the game says, okay, you can just lose and throw in the towel and say, I I give up. But, and they get all their influences, but you get huge rewards for every person in that battle that was against you. You get to help to hurt them in some way. Hmm, So the more people that gang up on you, the, the worse it is for them. If you win, if if well, if you lose, even if you lose that that interaction, they get something. Yeah, they get the winning sure, condition. Sure. Okay, but it's it's your benefit for you get a benefit for losing is multiplied by the type of people, how many people are against you. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's a pretty big thing. It's like you get to steal one of their cards, and that's and w- stealing one card is big enough. Stealing four cards is huge. I see. So it's a kind of. Um... A balance or uh, like a catch-up mechanic. It's a huge it. catch-up mechanic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a, the, and the game does it perfectly. Every game we've played has come down to everyone having one last influence to give, and then it's, so it's like, oh, we're all there because the guy that's so behind, yeah, time. because the guy that's behind that, that well, everyone will help him and not want to help the guys that are in the lead. Gotcha. Right, because if they help the guys in the lead, then they lose. They lose faster. Right. right. So it continues. It just, the game is built around these catch up mechanics. You have diplomacy in it, which is a huge part of the game. Yet, I don't care how good I like you. I, I don't want you to win. I want to win. <laughs> right. So, I don't know. It's great. I, lo- I love that. And it's one of the rare games. Um, I will say, it spawned from something like Catan, right? It's one of the first ones that, that, had, that was big, that had negotiating mechanics. Oh, I see. Like, like trading. Like trading. Tra- and we would be trading, sure, trading because, because right? trading it's it's not a cosmic encounters kind of gang up i mean you go back to risk and monopoly and there's still a lot of that because of the choices yeah like i won't buy park place monopoly you. monopoly has the trading that's sort of optional the official rules have that auction thing that nobody ever uses right okay um i mean risk is completely because you choose who you attack <sighs> so you know i don't I probably mentioned this when we talked about risk in uh, in the episode about legacy games, but as a teenager, I played risk against a couple. It wasn't just the three of us. There were like five people, mm. but two were a couple who were dating Ugh. and they played separately and didn't attack each other. 
Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I was like, hey, if you guys are going to do that, you should be on the same team. Right. And everybody attacks me because I'm a jerk, which, <laughs> you know, leads, uh, contributes to my hatred of that game. But yeah, I don't, I don't know that it started with Catan. Catan does it well as as well as you can do it's almost i mean but that's the draw for that game right like you can't play that game without it 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 really is it's it's the draw and to me one of its biggest weaknesses because if you have a certain kind of person playing they can slow down the whole game Mm -hmm. by just taking forever on their turn asking around and begging for a trade that nobody's willing to give them right um and just and just hold the game demanding it it's one of the reasons when trotsky and i talk about um gateway games i always refer to ticket to ride because for all of the right totally agree ticket to ride is poorly balanced between a novice and an experienced player poorly balanced what do you mean well like if you're playing against someone who knows the game really well you're at oh. a disadvantage because they can kind of predict what routes yeah, you're sure. trying to go for. And there's sure. some of that okay. sort of malice that's not really built into the game, but is definitely a possibility. Yeah. Um, but the the biggest thing, the reason I recommend it as the gateway over Settlers of Catan is the one action per turn mechanic. Oh yeah, so, like you draw a card because oh, it limits or you your lay turn. Down trains it makes like, it fast. The most you can do is pick up new routes and have to choose, but that doesn't happen until later in the game. Early in the game, things are really rolling. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, with a game that makes sense. Yeah, because Catan is really long. I feel like it's long. The the part you're, you're very incentivized to trade. I guess maybe the, maybe the, the thing that makes me think of that being one of the first, and it's probably just very anecdotal, probably just me, is the first one I thought that that's, that's a major part of the game. Like, you're right, with Monopoly, going way back, when that's yeah. out, Monopoly, yeah, definitely has that. It's like, hey, I won't charge you for rent if you don't charge me for rent on you, that. You give and me a break next time. Y- yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely that, and I think that may be written in the rules, I can't remember. But I will say, I hated that. Freaking <laughs> hated it because the, the other side was that like I played with I remember playing with my then well, girlfriend's parents and they were Kingmaker like oh. before yeah. we knew that that was called Kingmaker yeah right yeah it's the I'm about to land on somebody's space and I'm gonna I'm about to land on somebody's hotel and I don't have money to pay them so hey you know little sister or whoever like do you want to buy all my stuff for a dollar right and then they end up winning yeah yeah as I said I had. I played when I, the last time, the last time I played Monopoly, <laughs> I played it with uh, my then girlfriend's parents. Okay. And her dad was doing horrible. And he did that. He was just like, it's my little girl. I'm going to let her win. And I was so freaking livid. <laughs> it was just, this is the worst thing ever. And I had, at that point, I had not played Catan. I, I had not, or had the, the modern type of board games. Yeah, yeah. And so when I played that game, and it was at one of Mike's game nights, I played Catan for the first time, it, it annoyed the crap out of me because I didn't know anybody. I didn't know, you know, the the, the values of what I should trade for or what's better than whatever. And then some people were just really hardcore. I think I played with Brian was one of the things at one yeah. point. And he was like hardcore about what was tradable and what wasn't. And um, and he would give you that look of like, no, that's just a horrible trade. And I felt it just all of a sudden there was a human element to the game that I didn't like. And I was like, I don't know. And I have to deal with what this person's offering me. Um, and, you know, you try to play Catan on 
like laptop mobile you ever played the the computer ones now yeah when um they try to like make the ai (laughs) right correct well i had i guess i had at least one of the apps but i played it Catan was the first um euro board game or whatever i sometimes call them craft board games which is completely an affectation on my part but yeah um the first new board game that I played was Settlers of Catan. Yeah, it's like, um, it seems to be our gateway. Se- se- settlers, <laughs> settlers, uh, seafarers, and then Cities and Knights oh. was as far as the expansions went at that time. This is like 10, 15 years ago. Right. It was before I came to Bloomington and discovered all of the other games. The rest of the world. Since then. Um, but somebody, somebody in our group found a website where you could play, and it was like, Microsoft games or something oh, like Catan. There, there were no iPhones yet. This was like 2005 or six. Sure, yeah. Uh-huh. Somebody found a website where you could play and you just play online with randos. Okay. Or it probably had some kind of like real time people. Yeah. Okay. Um, just a browser like a random flash probably. Right. And it sort of killed the game in person because everybody who loved playing just played a lot on the website on that app. And then when we got together, they're like, man, I don't know. I've played so much Catan and on an app, it's so fast. Like right. Catan is, it's definitely one of those games that takes a long time to set up. Um, I actually was, I was telling this anecdote the other day. Um, I, because of the way my mind works, I wanted to figure out how to balance the resources numerically okay like, like you have those little number chips yeah, uh-huh and i developed a formula when I mean, it was wasn't rocket science <laughs> or anything but like figured out how what combination of numbers you know you could add and they have the little dots that show you the probabilities right to give each resource equal probability and so every time my friends i play with a whole family they had um a bunch of kids and the parents both played and so we always had you know Almost always had the max six players. Okay. Um, every time they set up a new map, they're like, "Hey, Dennis, come here. Look at look at this and see see if you think it's okay. See if you t- like." I had to sign off on every board setup. We oh, because you, like, you knew the. I was like, the "Why probability of why did I? Because uh, <laughs> you get did the work. The arbiter of uh, Catan board balance. Not like it matters. Like you you have the dice still. So like, right. I put both of my starting things on on sixes and if we roll a lot of eights like i'm still screwed it doesn't matter if it's balanced you know that's that game is easily cited as the gateway game as the the one game if you have to recommend to anyone to go start playing games and learn what it is that's the game and i wouldn't want to recommend that at all i would never would i mean there's so many things i don't like about that game well yeah that's kind of where i'm at too yeah the 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 dice oh the dice is just a horrible part of that game yeah the the long turns as you had said this is this episode turned into let's rag on Catan. that's what happened uh but you know i'm obviously i'm obviously in the wrong i mean i say that or in the minority because it's ridiculously popular worldwide it still sells billions so but then again, so did Monopoly, and that's hor- and Risk. It's a horrible game. True, true. Okay, so we came back from a little bit of a break here, and we had just set out on our game night to play a little bit of games in between our, our podcasting, and we played the same game on one of them. The game we just talked about. 
Right. What what we didn't do was uh, talk anybody into taking a break with us to talk because they were all playing games forever yeah yeah much much too preoccupied so right who who wants to sit about talk about the game if they're wanting to play it so they could play a game exactly right it used to be how i thought about um uh streaming game video game streaming like why would i watch somebody play a game when i could be excuse me playing a game right yeah i accept that and that's a common thing people say the first time you see or hear about somebody watching someone play a video game except the comparison that i draw especially in the world of esports is quote-unquote normal sports you're like why would you you watch why would you why would you watch football when when you you could could play play football it's ridiculous it's the same thing oh you're right yeah it's the same thing as um yeah i had this i had this realization a couple years ago um always hammer on that until there's not same thing with like rock band or guitar hero like there's a lot, a lot of work to from like picking up a guitar mm-hmm. to playing even in front of a small crowd. Right. And yes, rock band is not the same as playing in front of a crowd. But even if you have like three people playing with you and one or two people in the room, you still get a little taste mm-hmm. of that emotional experience with much, much less uh, work right. required. But you also, you know, even a game like that, it's better when people appreciate it. Like, like uh, I played the guitar or the drums with, with Guitar Hero. And someone who's sitting out is watching me like they can appreciate that I really hit that lick mm-hmm, or that thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that kind of shared thing. It's kind of like a, if you were just talking about watching football and when you play it or we watching esports, why don't you play it? Well, esports or any of the, the sports, what makes it interesting is that you actually have played it. I think what plays right. football, what makes football popular is that people has play, have played it at one time or another, even outside or throwing the mm. ball around or have some kind of feeling of yeah. understanding. I mean, cerebral, cerebral, cerebrally, cerebrally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can appreciate what's happening tactically on the field and the choices that are made in the X's and the O's. But really when he makes a big pass, that is like, you could feel it yourself or you remember like, Oh, I know what it's like. And you can appreciate that thing. Or he did really good. It's something I couldn't do. It's just an appreciation so are, for it. Are you a big sports watcher? I am. I mean, well not am. No, comparatively to big sports watchers. No. I mean, I enjoy the NFL. I enjoy watching NFL. I can, I love going to baseball games. I don't sure, like, sure. I don't like watching it on watching TV. On TV. Not, I think that's a common sentiment, right? I can play golf horribly, but I don't, <laughs> I could not watch that. Oh, wa- watching watching golf on TV is a Sunday afternoon nap. It me. is. It's it's comforting. Yeah. I I love fishing, but that's the worst thing you know to even talk about because I like just yeah. sleeping in the thing and drinking a beer. Right, yeah. right, sitting in the boat. And... Right. Yeah. So I do like sports and the esports thing though. I, I the reason I ask is I wasn't sure you mentioned you and you and Mike mentioned last week about being pretty bad at sports as kids. Yeah. Um, I was I, okay. I, I was I was the same way that the joke my parents tell, they put me in T-ball when I was like, I don't know, five or something. And Did you play pitcher? <laughs> I don't remember. The, the joke was always that I was, I was playing in the, in the dirt and the, you know, on the mount or on the, 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 uh, the base, whatever, or trying to climb the, the backstop, the chain link fence there. <laughs> I, I remember for a little while playing iceless hockey. Iceless hockey is it like no, just like, in a gym with yeah. shoes, you know, right. um, little sticks, and and, and often being com- just completely lost as to what was going on. Right, just like, hit the ball. It was not not my not my 
forte at all. And <laughs> it translated into me being mostly disinterested in sports. Um, when I lived in Indianapolis, I started following the Colts. Mm-hmm. And that was in like 04, I think, when they were really peaking. Okay. Um, God, was it that long ago? You know, it was Peyton Manning, right. uh, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Edger and James, James offense. Time to get in the game, watch them, right? Yeah. The, the the defense still wasn't amazing, but the offense was so good that like if they received the kickoff, they'd have like three, five plays and oh, they scored. It was electric. Like, it's time to watch football. It was dominating. It was like the first year that they went like thirteen and zero, yeah. and I was like, man, this football thing is kind of cool, <laughs> right? Right. And then right. somewhere around maybe probably last year. Maybe a little bit the year before when um, when Andrew Luck started to get injured and the the you know they just never won like apart. the first couple years that Andrew Luck played and they still would win but like win really close it was even more exciting right but you know that was not a that was not a long term strategy <laughs> right, right, and, right. and so I kind of lost interest and that that's the extent like. I tried fantasy football one, maybe two years, and I was like, I don't know. This is too much work to care right. about other teams. I, I will say that fantasy football, bringing it into a game thing here, has helped me a lot. I think mm. I, when I, I, I got into fantasy football back when that was it, when Peyton and them were big. Right. And, and that, was, that was cool. It was fun because I always watched the Colts and I always watched the Redskins. The Redskins are my team. And, and I always watched those two teams and that's, and you know, if, if they were doing horribly, I just didn't like football that season. It just yeah. wasn't that great. It, unless the Cowboys were losing. That was the only thing I cared about. <laughs> so it just wasn't that good. But fantasy football allowed me to actually turn on a game and I've got a stake you have some in interest. watching that thing. Yeah. So, so I allowed it, it make, Oh, he's make a tackle. Oh, you get in the game. And I could yell at the right, screen right. and that made it a lot more enjoyable to me. And, and it let me know quarterbacks that I didn't know wide receivers. I had no idea how they were. And I could actually speak about whether the Browns were any good. Sure. Which they're never good. I, I went through a phase of following esports just a little bit. Um, the first year that blizzard did heroes of the dorm. Yeah, right. Which is their... That wasn't terribly long ago. Their college... No, it was like two, maybe... They they might be up to three years running really? now. Yeah. Um, and they were kind of pushing... Trying to break a lot of ground with that. Like, they aired it on ESPN. All right. Which was a big deal. They tried to make it a thing. It was a big deal for esports and for Blizzard. Kind of sucked for anybody not in the US. Right. Or anybody who didn't have cable. They did uh, re-air it on Twitch, like a day later or a week later or something like that. Um, And they also made it college centric instead of just team centric, which gives you that thing. Normal sports has, which is geographic identification, right? You're like something I don't behind. I played heroes of the storm so I could watch and appreciate the skill and the plays and things like that. But if I were just, you know, the, the, the joke going around Reddit at the time was like, People would get emails or texts from their mom like, there's some kind of World of Warcraft thing on ESPN. <laughs> like, do you know what this is? The World of Warcraft um, on esports. PvP. And, and just like just like sports, if you're not, you know, if you were never super into sports, you never played, right. you're like, well, I live in Bloomington, so I want the IU Hoosiers, the Indiana Hoosiers, to do well. Right. You know, I hope that IU's Heroes of the Storm team does well they never did but <laughs> right right you know you know that that's uh 
There are no leagues like uh, like the NCAA. The, the, you know the thing that helps sports, though, esports included, and I think what really made esports a thing was announcers. It's, it's with mm-hmm, any sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say, oh, you just mentioned, you know, golf is something that I want to fall asleep with because they're not an exciting casters. They're very technical and they, they got their stuff, but it's a, yeah. it's a quiet sport. And, but if they had them in a booth, like, oh my God, this is what he did. Right, right. It, and I know Happy Gilmore makes fun of all that kind of stuff, but, <laughs> but that make, that's a lot of truth into that. It's, it's just not a fun thing to watch. It's, it's one of the things people commented on a lot the first year they did Heroes of the Dorm is they had, I think... One or two of them might have been Blizzard employees, or I forget the the details of it. But I think maybe all four of them had been streamers or competitive players right. themselves, but still had the right kind of temperament and, and, and knowledge and personality to be able to explain explain what's happening. Like, that's not something you do in normal sports, because it's assumed that you know what the downs and the scores and the penalties like right you're supposed to understand all of that stuff right going into it right um for something like a, a esport being shown on tv for the first time they want to be explaining to everything it, around, from, around as that, if you'd never watched around that before. same time i was also watching a streamer um his his handle is mf pally time okay he's an old wow streamer um it's not old he's younger than us but sure um he's old that's right the old streamers are I mean, still younger he, than us he, right? he streamed wow so it's you know years years back and right. what i appreciated about his videos <laughs> is he would do a quick play of a hero and explain kind of his decision making in the middle of a game which i'm sure for him is exhausting like right he's playing well, and unless talking he likes at the same that. time maybe that's what something I'm, he likes. I'm sure it's part of his whole like uh, you know, the satisfaction of, of being a streamer. He does it for a living, so right, right. he must enjoy it. But it right. seemed like so much work to me. But I appreciated it because I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed his personality. He was always positive right. and put a positive swing on it, even that, if people in the game were mean. Mm-hmm. He would be disappointed and frustrated if they were losing like a normal person. He wasn't right. uh, inhuman or anything. But I would learn about the game and learn about what decisions I should be making and why he made those decisions. Why he made those decisions right. technically and strategically, but it also helped me try to keep the right kind of attitude mm-hmm. when I was playing because that makes a big difference in a game like that if like if you you know, if you're kind of a poor loser as I tend to be normally. Right. Um it can make the difference between, you know, last week we talked about um Clash Royale and mm-hmm. because that game is one-on-one like you know, I'm not like I'm not like Trotsky. I couldn't lose if my chests were full, and you know, and just and feel lose, okay about it. Because like, you lost, you lost crowns like, and lost I'm like, whatever. I, I lost crowns. I didn't get any rewards, and I gave somebody else the satisfaction of winning. Like <laughs> right. it just ruined my whole afternoon. <laughs> I'm done, right? And, I, and even if I won, I would have gotten nothing. Right? Right. So, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would have gotten the satisfaction of winning, which would have been nice. I but, guess. Right. But yeah, and if you. You know, it's the old, uh, if you're, if you are only playing to win and you, then you're only having fun when you win. Right. And so then when you're losing, you're frustrated. Like I'm already sort of wasting time playing a game. Like I don't want to also be pissed off. Yeah. In, in Mike's defense on that one, he had said, he said that defense on that thing a couple of times about like why you play, even if you're, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it echoes what you just said. He doesn't play to win. 
he plays because he likes the strategy in the middle of the game. Right. So it's not like, oh, if I win, it was a big deal. I want to play that strategy again and try that thing. Right. So that's the thing. But that goes off a little bit. The esports thing, I go to go back to the announcers thing, I think that makes a lot. I, I look back to, I'm going to butcher this wrong. Is <laughs> it uh, uh, Dido? Dido? It's the Street Fighter one that everybody mm, streams forever. Where there was a, like a, a big Street Fighter uh, tournament and they were streaming it on esports and yeah, I think we mentioned before that right. I, I've never really played Street Fighter. Oh so well, well, that wouldn't have helped. Here's any the, no, here's the, the point is, is that you don't have to know. Like, sure, sure. It, this is one of those things that everybody talks about. I want to say it's Dido, D A I T O. I think is what it is. Um, uh, Dido. I had to look. Yeah, I, I could. Whoever's you know, you want to write in about to me about it? Go ahead. <laughs> but but it's it's one of the. Um, it's a big streamer guy or a big competitor. One of the brothers in Ready Player One. That might be his. His name was Daito. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Japanese. Yeah. Well, this. So this guy. Anyway, it's a big thing, and you search Street Fighter victories, tournament victories, whatever. It's that um, it. You don't even have to know what's happening. You don't have to know anything about the game or what's going on. You can just listen to it and listen to the to the announcers and as they get excited and they start to go crazy and then the, mm. they're the crowd starting to go all of a sudden you don't know what's happening, but it's big and you know, it's big. And then when it happens and everyone's erupting, you feel the goosebumps or the electricity of what just happened. You're like, who won? I mean, you don't even know yeah. per se, but you, you realize that they have just worked it up and worked that whole thing. Sure. And when you're listening to it, that's makes how, it amazing. That's how the commentary was on Heroes of the Dorm. And it, it makes me think of um, football in the comparison, uh, NFL football, in the comparison between uh, radio announcers and television commentators. Yeah. Because on the radio, the person talking, the, the announcer, has to describe the game. Yeah. And so in the process of describing the action, they get worked up. Yeah, um, right. And good you know, ones you I, can hear you get worked up with them, right? Right. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Bob Lamy, who does the radio announcing for um the for the Colts in Indianapolis because he gets excited when stuff's happening and he'll get kind of pissed off when they're making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he's emotionally invested in the game the way that a fan is right where you watch the guys watching it you watch the guys on tv and they're always neutral right and on tv because you're expected to know everything about football Mm -hmm. they're kind of superfluous like they couldn't play the game you know with no sound and most of them have played it they've been playing it so right They're, they're they're the former players or coaches or whatever right and so they're just like they're just talking. Oh, he made a good... That was a good throw. That was a good... That was a good catch. If that... What a nice catch. Or they're just, you know, talking nonsense. I get that. I don't know. I get that. You know, but you know what? People That's who watch why... more sports than me comment on which ones are good and which ones are bad, but... But even going that far, here's some things like why names like John Madden were good and why... Uh, I'm trying to think of... There's a guy on ESPN who's like... You know, boom, he might go all the way. I mean, that's what it is. It doesn't matter. Those people don't necessarily say anything. I know, especially John Madden, never said anything intelligent. They could put him as an AI (laughs) script in the game. He could just say the same thing. But the way he said it is like, boom, 
made a touchdown is because he yeah. was excited about what was he happening. He was popular because he actually he made you want to watch emotion. it. Yeah, and when, when you're watching him on the games, he's like, he's going to do it. Here you go. Oh, yeah. You know, so those were the – and we still miss those. And I think football now has become very technical with its announcers. They've got so much support system, people feeding them stats and feeding them things, and there's graphics, <laughs> and they have to do all these kind of different stuff that maybe you're right. I don't know of any announcers that are, like, super amazing It's like the, the, the displays, the – um the records and things that they show on the mm-hmm. screen or that they comment on. I'm like, where's the, where's the team of interns that are pulling up? Like, okay, what, what hasn't happened? This is the first time that a game <laughs> in week five has yeah. gone zero scores at halftime while there's rain. When the Redskins were playing at Dallas, you know, right. <laughs> right. I'm like how specific do you have to make this for it to be the first time? Somebody's doing it though, right? There's right. like you said, there's yeah. a team of interns yeah. back there. And what I always think is funny is that there's not only a team of interns. There's the guy like who's programming the interface in the front of the thing that's going to spin Typing across the it thing in so that it shows up on the screen. Right. And, and I got to make sure it's going to spin around at the right time. Like, oh, man, these guys are, you know, and they don't probably get paid near enough. <laughs> you know, I mean, even if there's so much money in it, I uh, maybe they probably they, are. maybe they do. Uh, I don't know. Hey, so let's bring this back to the top of the thing we talked about, the game we just got done playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> game of Thrones, the Iron Throne. Yes, Game of Thrones, the I, Iron Throne. I put a link to that in our show notes at uh, frontporchpodcast.com. Right, that's frontporchpodcast.com. Frontporchpodcast.com. It's like one of those commercials where you say it like enough times so that they actually remember it. You say it like five times. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so, so no, uh, yeah, the, the Iron Throne, it's... It was the first time you've played it. Yep. I just went on Ignosium earlier on talking all about it and what I thought about it. Called it my probable game of the year. I, I, I will say, to start this little bit off, I come away from it a little angry. <laughs> t- t- tonight in particular, you mean? Tonight in particular. I, I think in that, it wasn't angry. It's bitter was the word. Bitter was the word. And, and, and in a good, the game did it right. It made me bitter for good reasons. I'm, I, I'm that way because... It just didn't work out for me. And things that I didn't like about games didn't happen or did happen. And that's okay. I wouldn't blame it on the game or anything else. It's just what it was. Um, I still think that, that it's an amazing game. It has so many mechanics that make it an amazing game. And I still was only one point away from, or two points away, I guess, from winning. Uh, but now that you've played, without explaining it, what's your take on that game? I mean, I agree with your, your statement at the in the first half of the show. Um, it's, it has a really strong catch up mechanic just in the sense that the, the active player has so many decisions that he really decides, you know, I, I played the Tyrells Mm -hmm. who have a lot of advantages if they lose any kind of conflict, right? Which is thematic with the show. Um, and it seems weak early on, but I was actually the second player to get down to two. So it's a it's a race to get to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, who was ahead of me, got down to two first, but I was right behind him. Right. Um, there's only five. He goes. There's only five. Yeah. Right. But I ended up not winning because once somebody gets close, everybody else does whatever they can to stop you from getting any closer. Absolutely. Um, that that's the point, by the way, that made me bitter. I think that made mm-hmm. me like, and it, but I don't think that it's the game's fault. What happened was that there was things going on in that game. It's like what I thought was really poor choices. Remember we talked about predicting people in strategic ways. Yeah, yeah. And, and in this case, I couldn't do that. Things were like, why would you ever make that choice? It is 
you know, a horrible, horrible choice to make for you in any way. And the choices were made that way. And I, I was mean, like, Ugh! and my games were centered around. There, there was a point when um, you declined my help. And I think very likely if you had accepted my help, I would have won. And then later in the round, um, who, who was the other guy dressed as Caesar? I'm not sure his name. <laughs> Neither am I. Awkward. Right. He's, a, he's a fellow that we were not, I don't think we're mutually. Anyway, when he was attacking. Nice um, guy, nice guy, though. Ni- nice guy. Yeah. Uh, when when the guy. Na- he played Starks. Yeah. When the guy playing Starks was attacking, if he had accepted not my Car help. Not Starks. No. no. <laughs> if he had accepted my help, then the two of us probably would have won. It's a yeah. very interesting win mechanic that I don't think I've seen. They I mean, say it's in, in Cosmic Encounter that you can do that. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've played Cosmic yeah, Encounter. Yeah, I only played it that one time. I didn't enjoy it. It's also this, like, as you said at the top of the show, the, the, the sort of diplomacy, backstabby, working together thing. It usually involves a lot of bluffing, mm-hmm. which... I mean, even this game came down to that. It could have been a, a, a turn. There's a little bit. Joe could have won. And... For Compared to other games in this... In this sort of genre, stuff like um, Coup or uh, what's the other game I'm thinking of? That's not going to come to me. Um, usually, those games usually involve a lot of bluffing. Yeah. Um, where I didn't feel like this had nearly as much. Like, there's a little bit there, with there the was that one. Mechanic, there was that one when I betrayed. But that for was the most bluffing. part, there's a lot of public information mm-hmm. and... A lot of just public decisions with fairly transparent, right? Um, and people can betray, but it comes back around. Like the two active players have cards, you know. That, Everyone has that, cards, though they could play, right? But most of the of the assisting players aren't playing cards, unless it's for themselves or right. to turn, which is thematic with the game, right? Yeah. The so let's here. Now that you've played. I've been chomping at the bit since I started playing this game several weeks ago to talk to you about this. And I'm going to go ahead and bring it up now. Tying in games. That, this game clearly has... I mean, it's only ever tied. I've never seen anybody win, and it just doesn't make sense for one player to necessarily win. They have to really go out on limb to do it. The other game I was thinking of is The Resistance. Okay. Sorry, that was going to bug me. The, the, <laughs> the, so, this game has... It's really built to tie. If you get down to, to one point... If two people have truce cards, it's you're going to win. Just win. Let's just do it. And we win. And this one really started to get in my crawl because it could have been four-way win. That is so anticlimactic to me. Hmm. I mean, I don't... Okay, I'll just say I don't like tie games. I mean, I would rather it say the person with the, the longest eyebrows wins in a tie. <laughs> I'd rather say that and have somebody win. It's fine. Whatever. I lost because, you know, I don't have longest fingernails. But... Well, it's Ugh. again. It's 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 still thematic. I mean, it's Game of Thrones, so it's no. Not... There's only one person who can sit on the Iron Throne, and it's not going to be John and Daenerys. That's true, but one of those people still loses. <laughs> yeah, but if you ally yourself, I mean, like none of the none of the Martells or the Tyrells were going to sit on the throne. You talk about the the show or the books, either one. Yeah, the story. And so their best play was to support the strongest. It's like real 
you know, feudalist um, civil war kind of. Yeah, and, I, get, and I guess like, Daenerys if, is... If you're not strong enough, if you're not strong enough to take the throne yourself, then you become, you know, a vassal kingdom or, right. or something like that. That's a little... So you thought this game was that's that, a, that's that a, called that thematic that's, thing? I'm, I'm probably overthinking that a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I will say that I, I saw Daenerys's card, the character, when you play Daenerys, and she is about attacking with Puron to win. I mean, she actually, right. she has like, for everyone who helps, no, she's not, she's a unity thing, because for everyone who helps her, gets, gets massive amounts to attack. So she mm-hmm. wants everyone to come in and attack at once and win. Right, right. So I guess that's thematic, but still, it's a mutual win. I don't know, I guess it just bugs me. It's, so you didn't win on bit, this one. You, no. you, it was a tie. You were close, but it was a tie. Right. Are you okay with the tie? Actually, I feel okay on this one. <laughs> um, I, I liked it no, better than before. I, I didn't mind it because um, I never had... I mean, I don't know. It seems like something that should kind of bug me because I had two opportunities to win. Um, the case where you rejected my help mm-hmm. was pretty obvious. Like, nobody else was close. Mm-hmm. Um, and it should have been and probably was fairly obvious to you that if you did that, I had a pretty right. clear chance of victory. There was two. I want to say on that one, there was twofold reasons. One was that, yeah, I never want to help, let you help me. I mean, because mm. you get a point. I mean, yeah. just that's just for that. that was client, I at two or one at that point? I think you were at two. Okay. I don't think you could have won. Um, I'm almost positive. And even in then, yeah, you couldn't have won. It was really close. So maybe the later decision where I helped um, Matt, I think, and that got me down to one that right. probably wouldn't have happened the, so and it was i think it was on defense say. even then so i don't even know if that was no that was i was on defense that was the thing is so you could have helped me right the, there was the, the other thing was that actually on that one what would have happened but there for, was that you would have helped me you would have lost marjorie would have given a point out to somebody right for marjorie if if i helped you defend and you lost which i and i knew i was going to i i could have given Zahn a, um, a token, an influence, an influence token. Yeah, and so there was that. One is that I knew I was going to throw the game. Uh, I had no cards. I had a one. Yeah. I had two truce cards and two face cards. They did nothing. So I was going to throw it. And what I thought, well, you were throwing, pushing out your only big stack. All your other dudes were dead with no guys. You had one dude with like six to ten on it or something. Yeah, Chris attacked I, me and killed two of my dudes yeah, was crazy. fairly early on. So I knew that you were going to... I know we're getting into specifics of the specific game, but, <laughs> but I, I, I want to say that I, I knew that you were pushing in. You were offering for me to, to help me. Right. I knew I was going to lose. And what I was going to say was like, not not only are you going to get a thing, you might be pissed at me that you are going to like your first game, lose all your characters. Because I knew I was going to lose. He was going to be half dead. I could have killed one of your characters with a tortured one. And oh, then Chris would have killed you again. You yeah. would have been out of the game. Yeah. That and I thought, sense. yeah, that's not a good thing for you to first play. And so then, then there was the time where... Um, the guy playing Starks declined my help when, and he ended up losing, which extended the game. But if he had won, he would have won alone. So even though his decision kept me from winning with him, right. I understand why he rejected my help on the hope of winning by himself. So even though his decision kept me from winning, I still wouldn't have won one. Like we would have, yeah, won, you wouldn't together. have won together. So it didn't, it I mean, didn't the game really bothered me. Like, I never felt like, even though I got attacked a lot early on, I threw some of those fights knowing that I could, that I could hurt everybody that's, else that's if I lose. That's like, your that, that was my team. That that's was my character. character. Right. Um, 
I think which actually makes it fun. I, I wouldn't mind playing that one. Just yeah, it's still it, it, that that kept the enjoyment high. I think that because um, I lost a lot. Let me say I lost a lot, and I never got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't get to put shit out. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I had, kept losing. Um, well, I had a couple. I also had the Elena Tyrell cards that made everybody lose two crowns if I lost. Yeah, that's that's powerful. Um, those that's were pretty much. powerful, and so even though I lost. Aside from a couple fights that I had to sit out of because people wouldn't take my help, mm. um, I mostly enjoyed playing. Like I never felt like I was powerless. I never felt like I wasn't contributing in some way, you know, or um, competing in right. some way. And so that kept the enjoyment high. I don't know. You know, see, I don't know that calling it a tie is the right word. And we talked about this a little win. bit, a little bit outside because. A tie is more like, you know, you're playing Ticket to Ride and you and another player end up with the same score. Like, yeah. you don't you don't actively choose that win condition. Here, here's the this, thing. This game, I think, I mean... It did. You this guys came you away. Guys, you guys I still were... say Chris won that. Here's why I say that. Hmm. Because Chris chose Joe. He, to win he, with him. To win with him. Yeah. Joe would not have won that game unless Chris chose him. And that's how this game works. There's no real ties. There's a guy winning and it's another way like, you want to win with me? You know? And like, okay. Now, granted, I, actually what changes that a little bit better is that Joe could have thrown a betrayal and won outright. No, yeah. He, he yeah, he could have betrayed and won outright and been nice. So that's that's thematic. But, right. You know, and that would have made me happy. I don't know what the, what the balance of attacking was on that turn. I mean... How many times have you guys played it? Three. Three times we've played. And have you ever had a single person win? Never. Yeah. Not close. I mean, it doesn't make it doesn't make any practical sense. You know, the closest that ever come was tonight with that guy we were talking about earlier in this yeah. discussion with the Stark. I was going to say that the game is not made for that to happen. He right. came out with a 20, the highest only single one card you could play in the game to win solo. I helped him to be a kingmaker because I was like, I'm not going to let Zahn win. And right, then, and yeah. then, and then I've played Kingmaker, which just never happens. <laughs> and he still lost. Well, yeah, because, because everyone stops it. Right. Exactly. When one person decides that they're going to try to win on their own. Now, nobody, I mean, yeah, nobody I, lets that happen. I tried to help him because I had the, the, um, L- Loris, not Loris, uh, Renly Baratheon yeah. that gives plus five power for every assist on the opposite team. Yeah. So it would have given us plus 15 if he had accepted my help. Mm. Plus I had a stack of like seven. Right. And that was my like... That would have helped you co-win. Like I could have... But still that's a co-win. I could have jumped in... I could have jumped in to defend and um, had an advantage if we lost. Yeah. Except I had already given him influence and so I couldn't... couldn't I couldn't have won that way. Right. If anybody... if. Joe or Zahn had been trying to um, trying to solo win, I could have tried to get on the defense with them. Except right. if somebody's trying to solo win, everybody's going to assist the defender. Right. And they're not going to succeed. That's this. I just, as we're even talking about now, I, I always knew that, I just know that this game mechanics are made for, for ties, but I can't think of, it's almost impossible to win as a solo. You have to betray. You have to come I, at the end with I a tie-tie. I know tie. an expansion, so I wonder yeah. if they try... Because that almost... 
The only like, way to win I, is to to be a betrayer in the Game of Thrones. I I like the idea of a game that's centered around some come you know this this like you almost never have a single winner. Right. Um. You know you know how that could. Be. But it's so it like. It's so unlikely that it almost feels like a flaw that they should fix an, ex- you know, an expansion. If, if Jay, yeah, it does, right. I totally, that they should inc- encourage a little bit more chance that you could actually win. So there's a, more of a chance. Right. I was just thinking, if J.R.R. Martin was writing this without a movie ever, mm-hmm. I think he could, one potential ending he could have done was that uh, Jon Snow kills Daenerys at the end and takes <laughs> over the Iron Throne. That's, that sounds more J.R.R. Martin. Well, more likely George, they'll win George, together. George R.R. Martin. Did I say George R.R.? J- J- you're Tolkien. They Tolkien. Yeah. Whatever. G.R.R. <laughs> he, he does it for that, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, so he would kill. He, there's no happy ending for two people. No, winning, right. You know, Melancholy. Or, right. It's the best that would happen there. But, you know, now we're going to have both of them sitting on the Iron Throne. With... What? Like... Her on his lap? Or something? <laughs> that's right. No, he's on her lap. That's how that works. And she's oh, like, oh, right. That's, that's how it is in that's their family. That's how it is in that family. They're all family, right? right. Spoilers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I will say I liked the game. There wasn't anything I didn't like about it. The, again, the only reason I come out away from that bitter was that that uh, not optimal moves were made. So that's not the game's fault. That's just right. That, and at all, and that happened to do with personalities. Again, what I, I think I turned to you one point in the game was like, this is why I don't like negotiate or or games that are based on diplomacy that's mm-hmm. like it's one of the diplomacy games because at one point it was like i don't care i'm making this stupid mistake because i just want this other thing to be stupid right and that's like what the f-? you know because that's entertaining it's, to it's me. like the secret hitler thing where you don't know the game like i said i don't know the players or the game well enough to play to win so I'm going to play just to mess with people. Right. And I could see that being very frustrating. It's very fun for the person d- doing it. Yeah, yeah. But the people that are not doing it it's, is not fun. It's great know? fun for me playing to not win. Right, right. Uh, and just... And, and that's what got to me. And, and I think yeah. in this situation, that was a very known thing. A button known to press with me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I think it's one of those, hey, I know that, that, that Michael can get frustrated when, when things don't go right. <laughs> right, <laughs> no. right. But anyway, that being said, take that off the table. I, I do. I, I love this game. I think it's a great game. I would recommend it for everybody. How long did it take to play? Even after the, a bunch of new players. I yeah. think about an hour and a half, right? We were like half new players. Yeah. But yeah, something like that. We had breaks people getting up for food snacks and whatnot. sure and but it goes quick there's only five points it's got a time, built-in timer type thing um unless games go where everybody just keeps defending what did we go there. did we did we make two rounds oh yeah at least if not three i went no i think i went twice who who went first shoot that's right did, I, did joe go first joe Montel? went first and we so we almost made it three you didn't get to go three it ended on chris's turn uh-huh. i I went twice. Are you sure? I only remember attacking once. Man, maybe. And that blows. Well, I mean, you know, you get kind of long turns because of all that negotiating, but... And, you, and you're involved, even with your off turn. We also had six players, which well, makes well, it... I, I will say that the, the cons in my con column for that game is, sure. is that thing, what you're saying, is that because you don't get a go, many there's several powers within the game that says you only get to use them when it's on your turn. Mm. Like, uh, you didn't get to play one of those. Yours was like on off turns when you're supporting. But a lot of players' powers are when you're going, when you're the active attacker. That's probably why I like the um, 
like the torture mechanic happens at the start of any player's turn. Yeah, you, you don't have to yeah. do it. So I, I remember several players. I know Daenerys is one of those things. Like when she attacks anyone that supports her, well, if she only does that once a game, her power is so underwhelming compared to sure. yours that goes every time you want to help. Or the one I had tonight, which is every turn. So, yeah, it's a weird balancing game. It's fun and it's good. Not every card's balanced, but I think the, the factions are pretty well balanced. And sure. Yeah, I'd give it a nine out of ten at least. I think nice and for that kind of a game. Yeah. Yeah, that's I hate giving a nine out of ten. But that's, oh. I'm in the same neighborhood. I like, um, I like that it's a sort of betrayal game that I didn't immediately hate. Yeah. Um, right. Right. There's not so much bluffing and the and the playing to to win together while not being co-op is a is a mechanic I've never seen before, I don't think. And even if you that, lose, you don't lose, right? Like, if you lost the battle, you unless you outright decided to go mono a mono. Yeah, and, I mean, even if you're not the Tyrells that have a bunch of OP stuff when they lose, like, the, you still draw cards and stuff. Yeah, you can, you can like, still like, get hostage, hostages. If it's you, generally not something you want to happen, again, if you're not playing Tyrells, but it's still not a complete loss right you still get cards yeah i mean like at one point i decided to lose and that and everybody was four on one right and i i actually yeah my dude lost two crowns on it but i got cards from everyone yeah so yeah it, 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 i like that i like that there's that the ketchup mechanic is better than in this game than anything i've ever played yeah for sure more natural it just works and, and it's what's crazy about that ketchup mechanic is that it's not in the rules that that happens. It's just that no one wants that player to one yeah. win. So we, yeah. we all just want to help defend. So the players naturally do it. I mean, there was a couple of times tonight where I was like, you're attacking and you're, if you succeed, then he wins, you lose. I don't understand that, but that's just bad. It's play. a little bit the opposite of, I, I know I complain about risk a lot on this show. Um, hey, actually, we, we can, we can continue to actually about did risk in the first half forever. Um, the, the risk part of like, Risk is an elimination game, which mm-hmm. is generally bad. Um, but also, if you eliminate a player in risk, you get all your all their cards. Right. That's how you like steamroll if you're winning enough to wipe somebody out in risk. Like if you have three cards and you wipe out somebody who has three cards, now you have more than five. You have to trade them in. Right. Now you get more troops and you keep going. Right. Um, I mean. You know, eliminating player depending on how many players you have doesn't happen that often. But unlike this game that encourages you to keep the game going by mm-hmm. keeping people in, that game encourages you to knock people out. Right. And so now they have to like sit and watch or go find something like it's terrible. Yeah, no, this one, this one is that I don't like you. You betrayed me. But if I don't help you, I lose. Right. 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 Which is great. That's a great. That's a great thing. Uh, in, in other, the other diplomacy games, keeping on this thing real quick with this diplomacy, um, grudges can happen, but, and you can take that grudge to the end of the game, but in this game, it, that changes, it's shifting all the time. Alliances are supposed to change yeah. from turn to turn and that's encouraged and that's okay. So that's why I guess I like it. And yeah, that's yeah, a good, good thing. Um, so you were talking, we were talking a little bit last week about books Right. Uh, that was two weeks ago. Was that two weeks ago? Books, audiobooks. That's right. I just, little, I just, a little bit of both. I think I just bought that book today, by the way. The, uh, the audiobook. Which one? Robert, is it the Sanderson one they got the? I didn't mind the show. Uh, it was it Mistborn or The Name of the Wind? Uh, oh, shoot. I think it was The Name of the Wind. 
Okay. I put it ahead of my cart the day after I never pushed the, the button on it. Miss Bourne, Miss Bourne is the one I would have recommended more to you, knowing the things that you like. Yeah. But, but this is um, the one that you liked. Yeah, right. I I like it because the hero is a little bit of an anti-hero, but he definitely goes through a journey. Yeah. As as I said, the series isn't finished, so I literally can't spoil it for you. But right. um, so yeah. I've been um, thinking a little bit more about uh, local businesses and things like bookstores and comic shops. And I've mentioned many times on the show that I'm not a big comic reader. Mm-hmm. Like, let's see. I could list them off. Um, our friend Dan loaned me... It's one of those Batman ones. I want to say Long Halloween. Okay. Or something like that. Sure. Um, that might have actually been a graphic novel um i read through the first three or four volumes worth of the walking dead because it's so much better than the show oh, really okay you um, like i actually have a big omnibus of it it's all right it's totally different um a couple i read about half of the i zombie comics okay which are um it's the same basic world building but very different characters from the show yeah and i really like the show um i've read some harley quinn stuff mad love and a couple of those and way back when i was trying out marvel unlimited i read some of the carol danvers Hmm. um, did you like that carol core and stuff like that it was okay i don't remember i don't remember you know much about it sticking out in my mind mm. so it it's kind of a definition not, of meh was not right. terribly relevant um the other thing i read was uh the entire injustice series actually they started volume oh, six yeah. that i don't right. think i'm caught up on wow, is it that, that many that one was not i read the first um one. i don't think it was ever made for print because they're um landscape format pages like it's designed oh, right. to be read on a computer right uh that was really good and gave yeah. me some um couple of dc characters that i had to go google because i'm like right who is who's this guy who's shazam who's dark side <laughs> figure these were um i mean that was a good one though because it was like an elseworlds type different like yeah you get you get different you know take on um, things green lantern turns bad and superman sides with uh sinestro i i knew a lot of the characters because i played the first um injustice mobile Right, iOS game. So you knew you knew the characters at least. I knew but... the names. I knew what they looked like, and I knew you know as much of their personality as translates into their attacks in a <laughs> right, in right. A what they iPhone do. fighting game. He clearly says Shazam, and it happens, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, Black Adam. Yeah, right. Those guys. Uh, so I think I might be missing a couple, but they're in you know two minutes. Right. I've listed off every comic I've ever read. <laughs> the whole so. Thing. Um, I'm thinking about on my drive home, maybe swinging into a comic shop and picking up um, a trade paperback, Ugh. and wanted to see if you could, you, you being the the um, our resident comic expert, sure, can can recommend to me a series. It's, it's tough. It's tough to say because it depends on what's what they have on their shelf. Sure. I mean, because there's there's great ones that you can get if you can get them. Like if you're on Amazon, if they get on Amazon and get this, but stopping on. Stopping on the way back, I'd be honest. Here's what I'll tell you. Recommend. Okay. Go into a comic book shop. 
which is what you should always do. I'm a big pro local game store. Um, it's funny. I'm a tech guy. Love tech stuff. Mm-hmm. It's my it's my field. I'm into IT. Sure. Um, and I still think that going in there and holding that into your hands and and paying for the the shop, the guy who loves this stuff, and yeah, it's his it's his job to run this little store is awesome, and you should still do that. Um, so I would say walk into the place and look at the artwork. I mean, if you open up the on trade the pages, paperbacks on the pages, okay. I mean, I think a lot for me reading comic books is the art. I mean, I love I love my favorite characters. I think that's part of what um, has kind of not deferred me because obviously I've tried it several times, but I end up a lot of times just going from page to page reading the text. Yeah, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah, I kind of had a problem with The Walking Dead because of that. Granted, I watched the show first and then started watching. Right. It, is that it's all black and white, and it, it wasn't yeah. great artwork for me and my style. Sure. So that's why I recommend it. It's, it's hard for me to say. You go in there, pick what you think is gonna. Because one of my favorite things about a comic book is I, I do it most on the restroom reading my comic books. Sure, reading a comic book and uh, sitting there and just staring at that cool page, however it's drawn, and and. It's just like, that's beautiful. That's a cool scene. Or when you're reading it and a big fight's going to happen or something's going to break down, all of a sudden you flip the page and it's this huge dual page, awesome scene where somebody's punching somebody hugely and it's really well drawn. That's worth the whole book. I mean, that's worth the whole thing. Um, And stories can change. I could tell you, oh, you'll love this character, but who knows? He was written by 17 different guys, so he's (laughs) one personality this way. You can't say that Peter Parker is the joyful young person because... For three years, he wasn't with this writer, and then this one he is, and then they brought him back. Hmm. I can't really say anymore what's a good... You like Batman? Okay, Batman is not the Batman you know in the movies. He's He is, but then he's not. But then he's right. he's 60s Batman, and then it's... I can never give you that recommendation, right. walking into a th- store. That's so true. what you got to do is sit there and say, I love this artwork. I can read a trade paperback. I love the coloring. Coloring's big for me. Right. Um, I love the texture. I like how they draw dudes. I like how they draw women. I like how they draw fight battle scenes, panels. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that that's a personal choice. And then you'll enjoy the book on its own. Uh, sometimes genre is important. If you like sci-fi, then you can go to like Guardians of the Galaxy type stuff. Right, um, right. Um, if you like, um, I don't know, um, there's Westerns, there's street level superheroes like uh, um, Daredevil, Daredevil and Punisher yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so I could do those kind of genre things. But really, you can always walk in. You can get a, let's say, a Superman comic. And you look at that thing and it looks dark and gritty. You can tell it's it's going to be a, a street level Story. Okay. Yeah. Makes you know sense. What I mean? You can just look at it and tell that's what it's about, and flip through it. You know, there's not a lot of big fist fights. It's not all about that because some of those things. I remember, like, I got a Superman when I was reading Superman versus Batman, and there was hardly any words, and it was mostly all like punching. And while I loved the artwork, mm-hmm. there was no words on the page of the stuff, so <laughs> it was like, okay, I read through it really quickly, and it was red, quote unquote, right, right. quotes here. Uh, it's not in. So anyway, go in, look at the thing, check the art. Now, if you get to pick. I absolutely have things that are like, this is great art and a great story and okay. classic and you should go. Um, Do you think more like like DC, Marvel? Oh, that shifts. Something not one of those big two? No, nope, it shifts. It, it, none of that matters. Okay. I, mean, I mean, it really doesn't. I, I will say that I'm a DC Marvel guy because one of those two, I'm actually a Marvel guy, uh, but I, live, I pull DC too. Um, they're consistent. They're not going to end after next year. I mean, oh, I see. If, yeah. if you like the X Men, canceled. Yeah, if you like the X Men, um, 
you're always going to be able to read about the X-Men. See, I a couple years ago, I got the idea that I was more DC than Marvel in but that if, if you can even say that about somebody who's read as few yeah. been exposed to as few um storylines and characters as I have. I like I like the idea of the Batman universe and the like dark and complex villains. Yeah, but, but I don't know Marvel how has those how too. accurate any of that impression is. Like you go to something like X-Men and there's probably a lot of that. I mean, sure. the they even had the series the, called the, the, the Marvel Knights was called, branded which was all that dark stuff. The, the struggle sure. between um in the very first X-Men movie, the struggle between Magneto and Professor X is is very complicated. Right. Like Magneto um what's his name? Eric Lyncher or Professor yeah, X? Eric's um his his history and his motivation at least in that version of the story, mm-hmm. I mean he came up in Nazi Germany right. where the power at the time rounded people up to catalog them. Mm-hmm. Which know? is very relevant to mutants and humans. Right. That's exactly, I mean, that's right. That's why they, in that opening scene, I mean, you think that it's about them showing his power, right? When he bends up yeah. the gate with the metal, right. but it's really showing you who this guy is and why he is fighting this. Right. And that he's got the good. Yeah, it's, that's, it's, a, that's a good an story. Inter- it makes it makes an interesting story. So, so those are hard. That's a ex- perfect example of it's why it's hard to recommend things like I could say like, oh yeah, that's a great story. He's a great complex character that has a lot of things behind him. You go pick him up today. He makes no sense whatsoever. Sure. But next month he may be back to that. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just depends on the writers and who they yeah. put in there. Unfortunately, I don't like the editors and especially the editors of both of the big houses nowadays. They're mm. it's so money driven. Yeah. This day that's like okay, well this isn't working anymore, so let's just change it totally. Yeah. Let's just get anything we can do to fresh. Um, but I will say, here's something I want to say in this topic. I, I, I'd like to recommend, if not to you, to some of our listeners to go back and there's some ones that you should hit. Um, if you could ever pick up, I think one of, a good one was called Incredible. And it's not a Marvel or a DC. It's Image. Okay. And it's the I for Image. Yeah, yeah, yeah Image. And it's Incredible. Um, it's such a fresh and unique take. It may not be so much anymore and he's changed and it's got a huge thing, but you can buy, heck you can go to the library and check out all of his <laughs> trade paperbacks. And that's actually how I picked it up. I heard it was great. It was, it was a big thing going on for a while. And I went to the library and I was there with, with my kid and I saw, Hey, here's incredible. The first one, they have like four volumes at that time that I was reading and the artwork was great. He was very, Heroic. It wasn't too much, but it was still ground level kind of real, yet he was Superman level power. It was really, really great. And I would totally recommend Incredible. Um, just read the first book and then you'll decide whether you like it or you don't. I can almost guarantee everyone will, will find, identify with the character or the artwork or something within it. Um, for mainstream stories, I mean, obviously this is very subjective by my tastes and whatnot. But since I've been reading, which has been like 1991 and with a small five-year break of not doing a lot of reading, but then hardcore reading all the way since then, uh, I really like uh, the what's called the Annihilation Wave. Um, I'm a sci-fi guy, okay. and, I, and I, I've always had a weak spot for Silver Surfer and Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet and space and those kind of things. I even like Green Lantern. Uh, so... This was the Guardians before they were Guardians. 
I mean, there's always the Guardians of the Galaxy, but before what we know now of the movies, Guardians of the okay. Galaxy, there was there was a Peter Peter Quill who was not a Chris Pratt, and he Got was it. a grizzled war veteran, <laughs> and Drax was a guy hell bent on killing Thanos and was just a completely awesome destruction Drax the Destroyer is what he was. Right, and he right. was he was a guy that needed to be in here. He wasn't a hero per se. And Gamora was the deadliest person and the woman in the galaxy. And these were just people that were on there. Nova, the artwork was beautiful. The storyline was everything or nothing. The whole universe is going to take on, taken over. And all of a sudden these, what may be considered B level characters were a level characters in this story. Okay. And it, it was world spanning. The, the writers were Abnett and Lanning. Uh, since then, after this, this series of books, the keys to the Marvel kingdom got handed over to them. Like, okay, you now control all of our space stuff, make the world. Okay. And, and they single-handedly brought back the cosmic stuff with the annihilation wave series. Um, and then it spawned like it spawned the guardians after that spun out the guardians. We know now Grax, Drew, Ra- uh, rocket, Peter Quill, Gamora, those right, all of a sudden right. they came out of that and that became the, they were a real thing. They had Adam Warlock and stuff. Um, credible story, fun, awesome, exciting, Everything stakes. It's got what I would say, you know, you know, hero's journey. It's got some of that in there, but it's also got real stakes. It's people die and that thing. Big things happen that stay for comic book time pretty long. Um, right. And I'd love it. I'd, I'd love to, to, to see people pick that one up. Everything else. All right. Cool. So we've got a series called Incredible. Yep. Do you know the artist the mark author? wade i think is mark wade yeah i think that's who that is and then the annihilation wave series that's a marvel that's a marvel book it's it's written by abnet is their last name abnet is his last name and landing it's a tool book abnet and landing and landing yeah they're those guys are they're still my favorite writers of probably all time and i wish they could go back to writing nova and guardians and stuff like that and, and some of the characters i guess one thing i guess what i liked most about it was that these beak level characters becoming like the most important things hmm. it made me feel like oh these are characters now that i don't they're not superman batman wonder woman they're not things that have everyone likes i get that i get right. why but these are characters that are cool unique have their own story and they're being told right here you know oh who is this guy i don't understand this star lord guy never heard of him d level sure. character and all of a sudden he's just got great writing yeah. you know a he- normal human in this thing and he's sitting there on the ground, like I'm beat. It's been the battle, and he's bleeding. And he's like, we just gotta go do it again. You know, like <laughs> I like that guy. That you know, he's got a story, and he's my character now. You know, gotcha. I, I identify with all these different characters. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so go read. It's cool. Let me know if you pick up anything. But yeah, pick cool. your own. Pick. I mean, that's what right, your recommendation. Cool. Walk in there. Cool. All right, man. I think we. Uh, I think we helped a lot of people tonight. Yeah, I think the the universe of board games were saved. Mike, Mike's house is safe. Yeah. What should we talk about next week? Oh, man. I so said we've got a couple things on our list. I, I always want to talk about MOBAs. I mean, we talked a little bit here, but I really wanted to go into... Did we talk about MOBAs at all for, for really? Um, in the, I keep telling you I wanted you to give me a Hearthstone. I, but I think in the talk... Here's the storm you mean. I think in the talk about, <laughs> about game holidays, we talked about um, Heroes of the Storm a little bit. That's really the only one I know much about. I mean, I got into League years ago when it was you know, the first one, unless you count Dota on uh on warcraft 3, and it was like the, the middle earth the original one MOBA. um i never played that one i guess i played a couple mobile ones you know what we need to talk about stranger things obviously stranger that's things. what you're talking about so stranger things in the, the time of this recording everybody is that it actually was out now, dennis and i have decided that we're going to what we're going to watch half of it 
Right. Talk about it. We had this whole conversation about, <laughs> you know, community watching. And so we're going to do it. We can't believe the two of us wouldn't just binge watch this this nine episode yeah, thing. Yeah. I really want to. Come, coming down here has kind of distracted me right. from that. Although I don't know that I would have just spent my whole weekend watching. Maybe I would. Yeah, I don't right. know. I'm addicted to that. I, I used to be more of a binge watcher and more so now. I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but like unless it has really good cliffhangers or it's something funny, mm-hmm. a long format show like that, I'll get to the end and go, whew, okay. I'm good. And Jessica not, like, Jones did that to me. Like, I might watch fun. it the next day. Jessica Jones, for sure, because it was exhausting, <laughs> kind of psychologically draining. draining but yeah. I, you know, I like to save stuff. Unless yeah. it's good. Like, I watched um, The Good Place with Kristen Bell. I don't I know if you've it. seen that. It's, oh, I love it. I thought you said you had to catch it, up on that. All right. I did. Maybe I did. we'll talk about that, Ted, too. <laughs> Ted Danson's hilarious. And, yeah. Yeah. So a little TV, a little video games, and uh, we'll decide. Yeah. Stranger Things for sure. We definitely get, we'll talk about some, some of that stuff. All right, man. Um, until next time, you've been listening to The Front Porch, frontporchpodcast.com. Until next time, I'm Dennis Rogers. I'm Michael Daniels. For The Front Porch. Have a good night, everybody.